0: Welcome back to the Little Ray of Health podcast. I'm your host and hormone health bestie, Emily Ray. I'm a certified holistic health coach and I help women balance their hormones naturally using food as medicine. I am so excited. Today's episode is all about gut health. I could probably make at least four different episodes dedicated just to the gut. It is Such a big deal. It's also seen as like your second brain. So when you're developing as a fetus, your gut and your brain are connected by the vagus nerve. And that connection stays throughout your life. So your gut plays a big role in your brain health and vice versa. It really is so, I mean, all the systems in your body are so interconnected. But I don't think we realize how big of a role our gut plays in our overall health. Your immune system, like a majority of your immune system is located in your gut. 90% of your serotonin, which is the hormone that regulates your mood, that's produced in your gut. So, so many things. I mean, how you digest food, how you absorb nutrients, so many things. Your gut does not get the credit that it deserves. So, I am here to teach you all about your gut. Like I said, I could go on forever, and this is kind of can get like really science-y and there's big words. So, I'm going to try to just break it down in a way that's super easy to digest, pun fully intended. And easy to understand. Okay, so first things first, what is your gut? Now, your gut, whenever I refer to your gut, I'm referring to your digestive system. And your digestive system is a complex system in the body responsible for breaking down food into nutrients so that your body can use them for energy, growth, and repair. It's made up of a bunch of organs, and digestion begins in your mouth. So this is where digestion begins, with your teeth and saliva breaking down food into smaller pieces. This is why it is so important to chew your food. If you struggle with bloating or poor digestion, chewing your food is one of the most important things you could do. It really takes a lot of work off of your actual stomach because this is where your body begins to break the food down. So next, your esophagus. The esophagus is a muscular tube that transports food from the mouth to the stomach. Then you have the stomach, which obviously mixes and grinds food with stomach acid and enzymes to further break it down, your small intestine, and then your large intestine, and your colon. So whenever I say gut, it's the whole digestive system that I am referring to. Sometimes when we hear the word gut, we immediately think stomach, but there are so many other organs that make up the digestive system other than just your stomach. I am just so fascinated by the gut. I know I mostly talk about hormones, but you guys have to know I am such a gut health nerd. I'm obsessed with gut health and I probably have been for like 10 years. Ever since I was in college and I kind of discovered how amazing the gut was, I wrote a 20 page paper on the gut brain connection. I just became obsessed. I read a book called 10% Human, which was insanely fascinating. And it really talks about how we are basically mainly made up of microbes, mainly made up of little bacteria. And actually, we are only made up of 10% human cells. The rest of our cells are bacteria and microbes. And like I said, I'm here to give them the credit that they deserve. So today we'll be diving into gut health and digestion. But then, like I said, I will do a full episode just dedicated to bloating. I know that I often talk about leaky gut, but I haven't really dove into it on Instagram, so we're going to do a quick little overview on what leaky gut is. So leaky gut is also known as increased intestinal permeability. So it's a condition where the lining of the gut becomes more porous than normal, allowing substances like toxins, undigested food particles, and bacteria to leak into your bloodstream. The exact cause of leaky gut is not fully understood, but some potential factors that may contribute to it include diet, so processed foods, sugar, and seed oils can contribute to inflammation in the gut, intestinal dysbiosis, so an imbalance of gut bacteria can contribute to that, chronic stress. Chronic stress, like I said, affects the gut-brain access, so the gut and the brain are intricately connected, and it can lead to changes in gut permeability. Medications, obviously, alcohol consumption, so excessive alcohol consumption can damage the gut, and then autoimmune disorders. But leaky gut can also, if gone unchecked long enough, can lead to autoimmune disorders. So, when we say intestinal permeability, let me paint a little picture for you. So, imagine your gut is a tight mesh strainer, okay? Super tight, not much can get through, only teeny tiny particles, and that's okay. Well, when you have leaky gut, imagine if that tight mesh strainer is now a cyclone fence. You know those metal fences you see in like construction zones? That's what it turns into. So like I said, it goes from a mesh strainer where really nothing can get through to these much bigger and bigger holes, so more porous, which like we said, substances like toxins, undigested food particles, and bacteria can then leak into your bloodstream. The way that this can turn into an autoimmune condition is because if gone unchecked long enough, what happens is obviously the body is going to see these toxins, food particles, bacteria as a threat. They're in your bloodstream. They are not supposed to be there. And so the body begins to attack itself and this can lead to autoimmune conditions. I know I've talked about this on Instagram. I did have leaky gut. So I had leaky gut, which led to food intolerances. And this is kind of interesting because food intolerances can cause leaky gut and then leaky gut can actually exacerbate the problem and make those food intolerances even worse, causing more inflammation. And it really just is this like super vicious cycle of adding fuel to the fire and the inflammation in your body. So I had leaky gut. I really couldn't eat anything without being in excruciating pain, bloating. I would look six months pregnant if I ate gluten, it I would have like an autoimmune reaction. So I would have full body, um, body aches. I would have chills. I'd get a fever. I would sometimes get a rash. My stomach would hurt so bad and I would have flu-like symptoms. I would feel sick for days on end. It was really terrible, but I did heal. I did heal. It's not all bad news. And that's the really amazing thing about our bodies is the insane capability of healing and healing completely. So I can now eat basically everything. I mean, obviously, I don't go crazy. I don't eat fast food. I don't eat seed oils. I avoid all of that stuff. But I can now eat dairy on occasion. I can eat meat. There was a time where I couldn't even eat meat. I couldn't eat garlic or onions. Those were super big triggers for me. Spicy foods. I had heartburn, reflux. Like, it was a whole thing. And I'll outline a couple things you can do to heal leaky gut or to repair your gut lining if you think you may have some of these symptoms. I'll talk about all of that at the end. Right now, I just want to kind of dive into all the facets of gut health. Your digestive system plays such a vital role in your overall health and wellness. It really is like the MVP. And here are some reasons why your gut and taking care of your gut is so important. Number one is nutrient absorption. The gut is responsible for breaking down food and absorbing nutrients such as vitamins, minerals, and amino acids. Without a properly functioning and healthy gut, the body won't be able to absorb these nutrients, leading to deficiencies and health issues. Number two, immune function. The gut is home to a large number of immune cells and beneficial bacteria, which help protect you against harmful pathogens and support overall immune function. So a healthy gut can actually help prevent infections and other illnesses. Number three, mood regulation. This is huge. Like I mentioned, serotonin, 90% of your serotonin is produced in your gut. So the gut brain connection means that the gut can influence mood and mental health. The gut produces neurotransmitters like serotonin, which play a role in regulating your mood and reducing feelings of anxiety and depression. Number four, digestive health. A healthy gut is essential for proper digestion and bowel movements. Digestive issues such as constipation, diarrhea, and bloating can be caused by an unhealthy gut, which means they can be healed by healing your gut. Number five, inflammation regulation. Chronic inflammation is linked to a variety of health issues, including autoimmune diseases. The gut plays a role in regulating inflammation by producing immune cells and cytokines. So this means when you have leaky gut, like let's say gluten is a huge trigger for you, but you might not know it. You might not get stomach pains or anything like that, but you notice like maybe you have a weird rash or those bumps on the back of your arm, your moods are weird, and you have some brain fog. This could be a sign that you have leaky gut, which is then going to make the inflammation even worse. So really focusing on an anti-inflammatory diet and healing your gut can reduce overall inflammation in your body. Lastly, number six is metabolism regulation. I again will do a whole episode on metabolism. It is So important. It's such a massive topic right now, and it really deserves its whole episode. But the gut plays a role in regulating metabolism and energy balance. So an unhealthy gut can contribute to weight gain and metabolic disorders such as diabetes and insulin resistance. So as you can see, your gut is not just your stomach. Like, that's what I used to think. When I used to think of the word gut, I just thought of stomach. I didn't think of this whole intricate system that was involved and could affect all other systems in my body. And that's why I think learning about your gut and just the importance of eating foods that promote good gut health and taking care of it and removing foods that can cause inflammation is a massive game changer for your health. Okay, now I want to talk about the way that the gut plays a critical role in digestion. So the way that it does this, obviously, is by breaking your food down. So the gut breaks your food down into small, absorbable molecules that can be used by your body for energy, growth, and repair. Now, there are a few different ways that your body does this. So the first one is mechanical digestion, which is just a fancy word, essentially, for chewing. This process begins in your mouth where your teeth and saliva break down your food and it continues in the stomach where muscular contractions mix and grind your food. I can't tell you how underrated chewing is. No one talks about it enough when we talk about how to prevent bloating, how to improve digestion. Chewing is so important. It really is where digestion begins. And I'm so thankful my grandpa said this to my mom. My mom taught it to us growing up. But she used to tell us to chew your drinks and drink your food. Essentially what this means is if you're eating something, so if you're chewing, chew it until it's a liquid. Like fully chew your food and start to do the heavy work for your stomach. If you are not chewing you are giving your stomach and your digestive system so much more work than it needs. And it's going to have to work overtime to break it all down. This can lead to like indigestion, acid reflux, bloating, and just feeling kind of lethargic and heavy after you eat. This is because your body is having to do a lot of work to break down your food because you didn't chew it properly. Now, the other part of that, so there was drink your food, And chew your drinks. And this is a pro tip for anyone that drinks a lot of smoothies. Make them very thick and add toppings or blend something in at the very end. I like to blend cacao nibs in at the very end so they're not fully blended. And what this does is it forces you to chew your drink. So to chew your smoothie, mix it with saliva because I know... And I used to think this as well, that it's a smoothie. Of course, it's easy to digest, it's blended, it's all mixed together. But that's not necessarily true, especially since we're putting raw fruits and raw veggies into our smoothies. So we also want to make sure that we are chewing and mixing these smoothies with our saliva to begin the digestion process. I hear from a lot of women, like, even when I drink smoothies, I'm bloated. And this is because, one, chances are you are putting so much in a smoothie. I usually, a good rule of thumb for smoothies is to not put more fruits or vegetables, whatever you're putting in your smoothie. Don't put more food than you could eat in one sitting. Because if you can't eat it all in one sitting, how do you expect your body to digest it all after you chug it? You know what I mean? So that's something to keep in mind. Also, try to make your smoothies not ice cold. I don't add ice to my smoothies. I use frozen fruit to keep them on the cool side, but I don't add ice as this can kind of freeze or stop digestion and make it, again, a lot harder for your gut to digest it. All of that to say, drink your food and chew your drinks, y'all. Make my grandpa and my mom proud. The second way that your gut is involved in digestion is through chemical digestion. So the gut uses enzymes and acids to further break down food into smaller molecules that can be absorbed by your body. For example, the amylase enzymes in saliva and the pancreas break down carbohydrates into simple sugars, while protease enzymes break down proteins into amino acids. So you have different enzymes that break down different macronutrients and micronutrients. And this is why it is so important that we are keeping our stomach and our digestive system acidic. So anyone out there, if you're still drinking alkaline water, I want you to throw it out. You do not want to be drinking alkaline water. You want your digestive system to be acidic. And I've seen this with a few clients. They live on alkaline water. They love it. They're obsessed. But then they struggle with indigestion, bloating, and they're not sure why. It's because they've been drinking so much alkaline water that it has counteracted the acidity in their stomach acid And now they're having trouble with digestion. So this is why we really do want to make sure our stomach and our digestive system is acidic. And one of the ways that we can help digestion if we're struggling, like let's say you're on a gut healing journey, but you're still struggling with digestion, you can take digestive enzymes. These enzymes are the same ones that are in your body. You can take them. It helps your body break down the food and absorb the nutrients because that really is one of the most important roles of the gut. It's not just about breaking down our food, but it is about making it bioavailable so our body can absorb those nutrients. The whole reason we eat, y'all, is to get nutrients. Like if our body can't, we can be eating all the red meat, all the grass-fed meat, taking all of our supplements, eating the most beautiful diet of rainbow-colored foods, but if our body can't absorb it, It doesn't matter what's happening. We can't get those nutrients. So it's super, super important to keep your stomach and your digestive system acidic. Keep your stomach acid high. Another way you can do that is by drinking a small glass, like a small glass of warm water with a splash of apple cider vinegar 15 minutes before your meals. Not only does this also help blood sugar, it's been clinically proven to help blood sugar, but it also helps up your stomach acid and improve digestion. So after chemical digestion comes absorption, like I just said. So the gut absorbs the nutrients from food into the bloodstream. Nutrients such as glucose, amino acids, and fatty acids are absorbed by the small intestine and transported to the liver where they are further processed and distributed throughout the body. The last thing I want to mention, and this is one of the most important things that our gut is in charge of, and that is packaging up and getting rid of Excess waste. And by excess waste, I mean excess food, excess toxins, and excess hormones. So if our gut is messed up, it's inflamed, maybe you're chronically constipated, what's happening is if you're not going to the bathroom one to three times a day every day, those excess hormones and excess toxins that your body can't get rid of actually recirculate and seep back into your bloodstream to cause more chaos. And this is why gut issues and constipation are so closely linked to estrogen dominance because your body cannot properly metabolize and get rid of that excess estrogen and it recirculates in your body. Okay, so now we've covered what your gut is, what your digestive system is in charge of, what it's made up of, everything that it does. You're like, Emily, you've blown my mind. I had no idea our gut was so important. I had no idea we were only made up of 10% human cells. It's crazy. But at the same time, how cool is that? How cool is that that you are made up of 90% of these little microbes and organisms that are all working together to keep you alive and thriving? And as long as you feed them what they need and you keep the bad stuff away, they are going to help you thrive and live your best life. I just think that it's the coolest thing that we're all working together. You know, there's all these little cells that just want to keep you happy and alive. So now that I've thrown all that information at you, you're probably like, Emily, tell me what to do. How do I take care of my gut? How do I heal it? And in my online course, The Bounce Bay Blueprint, I have a whole module on gut health where I outline the importance of your gut. Like I dive way deeper, how to heal it, what to do, But I will give you a couple pointers in here. So I'll give you 10 foods to include and 10 foods to avoid. And then I'll talk to you about the importance of stress management and exercise for good gut health. Honestly, I know you guys are smart. And you're probably, once I read the list of 10 things you should avoid for gut health, you're probably going to be like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. So foods that are bad for your gut include highly processed foods, Duh. Artificial sweeteners, so like sucralose, sweetenlose, splenda, extra, all of those guys, avoid them. I, I personally eat stevia or eat, I use stevia and monk fruit, um, completely pure sources, and that seems to be totally fine for my gut. Studies have come out saying that those are okay. Those are the two that I include. I know erythritol is getting some bad press right now. I don't use that one, so I can't speak on that. But fried foods, definitely avoid as often as possible. Obviously, everything, like I said, you guys, I'm all about balance. Do I sometimes eat fried foods? Yes. Do I eat them every day? No. So avoiding fried foods and seed oils especially, avoiding sugary drinks, avoiding excessive alcohol, refined grains. So gluten, this is something that I teach in my course. My protocol is a gluten-free anti-inflammatory diet. So avoiding gluten and wheat, like white bread, pastas, things like that. And at this day and age, it's 2023, y'all. Like there are so many alternatives. I use cassava pasta. It is my absolute favorite. There are so many gluten-free breads out there. So avoiding these refined gluten products is pretty easy now. Avoiding artificial additives and preservatives and foods high in certain saturated fats and trans fats. So Like I said, I avoid seed oils like the plague. That's probably my number one tip for anyone trying to heal their gut. If I had to say a top three, I would tell them to avoid gluten, to avoid seed oils, and to avoid refined sugar. Okay, now I know I said I was going to give you 10 foods to include for good gut health, but I feel like that's a little overwhelming. So I'm just going to give you my favorites. First up, my number one, my ride or die, bone broth. Bone broth is amazing, so it's high in collagen and L-glutamine, which is an amino acid that is so helpful at rebuilding your gut lining. Next up, and you might think I'm crazy for this, but grass-fed red meat, which again is high in so many nutrients and amino acids that are going to nourish and help rebuild your gut. I would argue that red, grass-fed red meat, I mean specifically organ meats, but grass-fed red meat is one of the most nutrient-dense foods that you could possibly eat. This is why people that do carnivore can do it for so long and they're pretty much okay. Now, this is not something that I endorse. This is not something that I promote. I personally wouldn't do it or recommend it. But the people that do carnivore can do it for so long because they're getting so many nutrients, vitamins, amino acids from the red meat. So we have bone broth, we have grass-fed red meat. Next up is going to be fruits and veggies. So eating a really wide spectrum of foods, really colorful fruits and vegetables, getting a lot of fiber, pre and probiotics in your diet is going to be amazing. Now, I, like I said this in the last episode, I don't necessarily buy all my fruits and vegetables organic. I follow the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. My rule of thumb is if I'm not eating the skin, then I don't necessarily worry about it being organic or not, although I do try to eat all non GMO foods. But like avocados and bananas, I'm not eating the outside, so I'm not super concerned. But for things like berries and apples and greens, I definitely always buy organic. Colorful fruits and vegetables are gonna provide you with a variety of nutrients, micronutrients, and prebiotics that feed the gut bacteria in your body. Now, I wanna mention this is gonna sound a little unconventional but I want to share a little secret with you called resistant starches. This is something that I don't hear or see a lot of professionals talking about. It's definitely out there, but I don't think it's common knowledge. Now, resistant starches are starches that have been cooked and cooled. So imagine if you cooked rice and then you let it cool and then you heated it up again to eat. Now, the magic lies in the cooling. What happens in the cooling process is... They form these things called resistant starches, which actually can't be digested by your stomach, and they feed the good bacteria in your colon. So it's really cool. So things like sushi rice, that's cooked and cooled. Like I said, you can cook and cool anything. Certain resistant starches that I have on rotation at my house are organic jasmine rice. So I cook this ahead of time. I let it cool, and then I reheat it. Sweet potatoes and regular potatoes are other amazing sources of resistant starch, along with green bananas, but I just can't get with that one. I'm not a green banana girl at all. I know they actually do sell like green banana flour, essentially, so you could add it to smoothies, so you're getting that resistant starch and feeding the good bacteria. Okay, so that was just a little fun fact about resistant starches. I just, when I first learned that, I thought it was so cool, and you don't need to give me another reason to eat sushi. Um, also, garlic and onions, if you can tolerate them, if you're in a gut healing phase, you they might be triggers for you, but garlic and onions both have amazing prebiotics, which, again, feed your gut bacteria along with yogurt with live cultures. So kefir is a yogurt drink. It's a liquid. You can add it to smoothies. But Greek yogurt is an amazing source of probiotics, live cultures, and also super high in protein. So if you can find an organic grass-fed Greek yogurt that you can tolerate, I would go for it. Lastly, I want to talk about exercise and stress management and how they play a massive role in improving your gut health by reducing inflammation, improving your gut motility, and promoting a healthy gut microbiome. So exercise has been shown in studies to have a positive impact on gut health in several ways. The first is improving gut motility. So exercise can stimulate the muscles of the digestive tract, which can improve gut motility and reduce the risk of constipation and other digestive issues. This is why I have a lot of clients, if they struggle with constipation, I have them go for a walk in the morning, and this can really help get things moving. Next up, exercise helps reduce inflammation. It has anti-inflammatory effects on the body, which can help reduce inflammation in the gut and improve overall gut health. And lastly, it promotes a healthy gut microbiome. Exercise has been shown to promote the growth of beneficial gut bacteria, which can improve gut health and support your overall health. Okay, I have another little anecdote about exercise. I was talking to my therapist about working out, getting to the gym, exercising, and how when I'm working out, I overall feel so amazing. It is like that one habit that up-levels my life In every facet and I was talking to her about that and she had this really cool way of seeing exercise kind of reframing it or a different way of looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint which I found so cool so I just have to share it with you. She was talking about how when we exercise essentially what we're telling our body this is from like an evolutionary standpoint right so we're telling our body this body is important. This body matters and this body is important to the tribe. And so kind of what it does is it sends signals to improve your immune system, to improve your gut health, to keep you healthy because you are a strong body that needs to help the tribe. But when we go long periods without moving our body, so long periods of inactivity, what our body begins to think is that. We're not useful and it's not really necessary to keep us that healthy. Maybe we kind of start to let our immune system go. We don't worry about that so much because we're essentially telling our bodies that we're not important to the tribe. We're not an important contributing person and so it begins to kind of deteriorate our immune system and our gut health, which I just thought that was such a fascinating way to see exercise as a way of telling our bodies that we're important. I don't know. I hope you guys enjoy that. Let me know because I thought it was just so fascinating when she said it. It was just one of those moments in therapy where I had that like light bulb moment and I just thought it was so interesting. Lastly, we're just going to touch on stress management. This could be a whole episode in and of itself, but stress management also plays a role in improving overall gut health, reducing stress-related inflammation. So Chronic stress can cause inflammation in the body, including in the gut. Managing stress through practices such as meditation, deep breathing, mindfulness, and yoga can help reduce stress-related inflammation in your digestive system. Next up, it also helps improve gut motility. So stress can affect your gut motility and contribute to digestive issues such as constipation and bloating, Stress management techniques can also help improve gut motility and reduce those symptoms, as well as just supporting a healthy gut microbiome overall. Stress really affects the balance of gut bacteria, leading to an imbalance or dysbiosis in your gut microbiome. So managing stress overall is so important for so many reasons. Chronic long-term stress deteriorates so many different systems of your body, it affects your adrenals, it depletes magnesium, it burns through all your minerals, it can really affect your like your actual brain health. So long-term chronic stress affects your hypothalamus and actually can really mess up your short-term memory, it affects your gut health, it depletes progesterone. There are so many reasons to manage your stress and I think, I mean, I know that I definitely used to be one of these women and sometimes I still am. I operated at such a high level of stress for so long that I didn't even think I was stressed. I really if someone were to ask me like, "Emily, are you stressed?" I'd be like, "No, I'm this is normal for me." And then if I were to list out everything I do on a day-to-day basis, my tasks, like all the things that need to get done that I am doing, I would be baffled. I just think that it's so important to slow down when we can. I'm aware that obviously lives are, our lives are crazy. There are so many things that we can't take off our plate, and so if we can better learn to manage our stress, I used to roll my eyes when people would be like, "Well, do you meditate?" And I really would scoff at it, and I was like, "How how much can it really help?" You know? Oh my gosh. I am here to tell you if you if you meditate, I bet you're nodding your head like, "Yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to me." And if you don't meditate, I am telling you, just start with 5 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. You can do guided meditations. You don't have to just sit there in silence. You can do visualizations. It has changed my life, and I now honestly look forward to my meditations. It's my me time. I love it so much. And it's one of those things where just 10 minutes a day has drastically improved my mental health, my gut health, my hormone health, my emotional health. Like it is, it's just been life changing. Wow. Okay. I feel like that was a really intense episode. I hope I didn't throw out too much information at you. I really hope you enjoyed and you have some like key takeaways to take from this and just know that you don't have to do everything at one time. I know it can seem really overwhelming if you listen to this and you're like, wow, I think my gut is totally out of whack. Just know that you do not have to do everything, all of those habits all at one time. This is another reason why I created my online course was to give you a step-by-step guide to making healing feel easy or at least doable with a busy life. I really, I designed this program as something that the busiest woman could do. Someone who says, I don't have time for this because that was me. I did not have time. And I made time in little ways every single day. So if all you took out of this episode was like, okay, I'm going to start going on a 10-minute morning walk, that is better than nothing. And truly, all of these little changes add up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed it. I would love if you would rate and review this podcast, share it on Instagram, tag me, and maybe share your like key takeaway feel free to DM me with any questions that you have. I am always on Instagram. But until then, I love you guys so much and I'll see you in the next episode.